0: You are listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Nathan Freeberg, and today on the podcast, Steph Walland and I will be talking about the importance of practicing the language and philosophy of strengths and elements from our team engagement series in all contexts of life. If you want to become better at something, you need to practice doing that thing, right? Now, it's easy to understand this as it relates to sports or music or maybe painting. You know, really any skill that requires muscle memory or physical strength or even a deeper understanding of complex rules or tools like chess or carpentry. But what about when it comes to the softer skills like leadership skills or maybe just more broadly people skills? Things like emotional health, conflict management, patience, operating out of your strengths anything like this the list can go on and on and on how do you reach a level of mastery or fluency in those inter and intra personal skills that make us better people well that can be a bit more difficult to master or think about it this way if you want to become fluent in a new language the best way is to immerse yourself in the culture and people of that language a friend of mine moved to guatemala for a semester in college and came home totally fluent in spanish She spoke it almost exclusively for four whole months at the home she was staying in, at her job, at the market, basically every context she was in. And the more contexts by which she had the chance to practice, well, the better she became at the various nuances of the language. I think in many ways, the same principles apply to those big leadership concepts I mentioned earlier. To get good at things like communication, conflict, change, and collaboration, we need to practice them in multiple contexts of life. If you're trying to become a more patient person, for example, you need to pay attention to the way that you're being patient at home, at work, at the store, with your kids, with colleagues, or any random stranger with whom you may interact. We need to utilize every opportunity to practice these new skills that we want to master. Today in the podcast, Steph Walland and I will be talking about the importance of practicing these skills in all areas of life and share a few examples of how you can do this at home. Steph and I will be talking about an epiphany she had while meeting some girlfriends for an extended get-together. For some more context, these friends aren't casual acquaintances. Steph describes these two people as some of the closest relationships she has in her life. They're like family. But she only sees these two women once a year due to their geographical locations. So when they do get together, it's intense and there's lots of catching up to do. Now, these two women know that Steph works for a company that does strengths-based consulting, so they've kind of stumbled into integrating some of this language into their friendship. Steph says this has established an extremely healthy, life-giving atmosphere to foster relational connection, process life changes, and simply learn how to be better friends to one another. By doing this, Steph and these women have found that they can take what they've learned here in the safety of their friendship and apply it to other relational contexts in their lives. So here's my conversation with Steph Wallant, the Senior Project Manager here at Leadership Vision, as we talk about elements from our team engagement series and how she integrated the language of knowledge, purpose, and trust, along with the big ideas of change, communication, conflict, and collaboration into a personal context, and why that's important for all of us if we want to establish environments based on strengths in all of the contexts of our own lives. Enjoy. Why I want to talk about this is because sometimes I think when we talk about these more heady topics, let's call them knowledge, purpose, trust, when we talk about the four C's of collaboration, communication, conflict, and change, what we're doing is we're talking about how do you have a healthy team? How do you set your team up for the greatest chance or the greatest ability to succeed? to succeed in whatever the mission is of the organization, to do that well. And sometimes I think in a work setting, it can be really hard to do this because maybe you don't have as much trust built up. Maybe you don't know the people. Maybe you're not sure what you're there to do. So all kind of the summary of knowledge, purpose, and trust. And sometimes I think that we forget that we have more than just our quote unquote work team that we can practice this stuff. And so I'm wondering if you can share maybe just a couple examples of how you saw the four C's, how you saw knowledge, purpose, trust exhibited, and then perhaps what I'll do throughout your story is just kind of interject a little bit of, you know, here's our definition of what we mean when we say knowledge, purpose, trust, et cetera, et cetera. Does that seem easy enough?
1: I think that's a great setup because part of my epiphany was that when implementing these ideas around the four C's and Knowledge Purpose Trust that you don't just have to utilize these ideas with a team, like a team at work. And you'd think that I I maybe would have made that connection a little bit earlier because when we talk about teams with the idea of people, teams, and culture, we'll often say a team can be a partnership, it can be a volunteer team, it can be a sports team. But I think that I hadn't quite come up with concrete examples in my life of how I had seen all of these pieces working together, or maybe I just was especially attuned to it because we were talking about strength so much with these ladies. So one specific example um, is around the idea of communication. So one evening that I was with them, we... um, We were talking about strengths, and we started to get into how it is that we prefer to communicate and how, as friends, we try and respect the other person's preferred communication style. So if someone needs a little bit more time to think about something before they say something out loud, we try and give them space. Um, A very great example of this is my friend, one of my friends was sharing and she will often take long pauses to kind of gather her thoughts before she says something else and my other friend and i we know just to sit there and just wait and she will give us a verbal cue if she is done she'll she'll literally say i think i'm done that's all i have or we'll look at her and she'll say i'm still thinking and so those are some examples of how we were trying to respect one another one another's communication styles. Um and then we continued to have conversations like that where we were asking one another what do you need in a conversation around conflict? Um, How do you want to communicate about that? Do you need time to think about it before you bring it up? And so it it actually kind of was a merging of, of conflict and communication, even in how I was sharing with them about things that had changed in my life. They had maybe preferred to be a part of those conversations around change on the front end, whereas I wasn't ready to verbalize them until I was in the middle of it. So. It's starting to blend together a little bit, Nathan. Are you, what are you hearing? Can you tease it apart for me? <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome. And that's so helpful to hear because I think what you said um, about like her pause and the way that she was thinking, I mean, that's that's all about knowledge, right? That is all about mm, yeah. our process of of knowing people and investing in them enough so that they know that you know and that you care about who they are. You know, we, we have these kind of four questions that we ask around this idea of knowledge. And those are, do you know who you are? Do you know the people on your team? Do you understand the multiple perspectives that exist? Do you know how your colleagues find motivation, drive satisfaction, and get work done? And in that, we talk about kind of different ways or different places where things can go wrong in that. And so the fact that you're sharing that what might seem like a simple little, um, almost just a courtesy, like we're going to wait for this person, you know, until she gives us a cue that, hey, I've finished my thought or whatever it is. How many families, how many work settings, how many teams of all kinds have crazy amounts of conflict because they haven't taken that just little amount of time to be like oh this person needs more time to think or conversely this person is going to just think out loud and just shower us with ideas and they're not all going to be the ones that they want but that's just how they get it out and so the fact that the three of you on your little mini micro (laughs) team however you want to call it have taken the time to do that I imagine is so important and so the takeaway listener for today is well, whoever are the people in your lives, the teams in your lives, like how do you get to know them in such a way that you can, can, can figure out what it is that they, they need to be the best versions of themselves, right? So I would encourage you and challenge you to go back, um, and listen to those episodes. I'm going to put links to all of them and just take a moment and figure out. Okay, here's a person. Maybe there's a little bit more conflict I have with. How do I get to know them?
1: I was just going to add I'm, the idea of trust just merges with that idea of knowledge so seamlessly. Oh my goodness, yes. And so not just how can you get to know what a person needs, but how can you then create an environment where there's enough trust that they're willing to even say out loud what they do need, which this actually, it reminds me, I'll just say this really briefly. It reminds me of the last podcast we recorded, Nathan, about books are reading, because as a team, uh, yes. we're actually reading one right now about psychological safety. And so... I think that idea of psychological safety even plays into this idea of knowledge and trust and creating that safe space for people to share what they need around the four C's.
0: Steph, I totally agree. I mean, that's, that's actually a great segue or, um, I don't know, folding in of this other concept of trust because trust is so complex. Trust is like the final part of our knowledge, purpose, and trust because it takes a lot more time to get there. But we have to understand like, what do we value, what do we need, how do we... Sometimes I think it's almost easier to know when trust isn't there, right? You can go on our website and we've got a um, a post about that. And so once you do know someone to whatever degree, then you can begin to trust them. And I think that's when some of the most catalytic action can take place about or getting teams to kind of get get their mission. I mean, you think about families and friendships and whatever else, and perhaps you don't have that explicit of, like, here's our mission statement, here are all of our values, here's what we're trying to do, Um, other than perhaps just feeling, going back to psychological safety, a place where you are safe, a place where, you know, you can be vulnerable. You know, I'm folding in now some (laughs) Brene Brown work here that we've talked about, too. Um, And so that's really powerful and important as well.
1: We'll be right back.
0: At Leadership Vision Consulting, we have spent 23 years helping individuals explore the depth and dimension of their personal strengths and have helped hundreds of teams build positive culture. We're excited to now announce our new online membership platform that brings together the resources, community, and motivation that you need to grow your influence and build a positive team culture. Through our courses, workshops, live Q&A sessions, and more, you'll gain the skills and confidence you need to lead effectively. And with our supportive community of like-valued leaders, you'll never feel like you're doing it alone. Visit leadershipvisionconsulting.com slash community to learn more.
1: I think when I consider the four C's in relationship to this friendship with these two girls, I'm most struck by the idea that we introduce these topics to help teams function really well together. And I would go as far to say that my relationship with these two girls is maybe the most healthy friendship that I have. Um, We are not afraid to talk about hard things. We're not afraid to confront conflict when it comes up where two of us happen to have the strength of harmony and so we're often very aware if we sense tension in our relationship and we will name it in order to move past it and in that process we also know that we take different approaches to conflict. I want to get rid of it immediately whereas another friend is a bit more hesitant to lean into it right away Um, we want to make sure that because we don't see each other super often, that when we get together, we are communicating in ways that are efficient and that we're catching each other up, but that we're also filling in all of the details so that we feel like we have that day-to-day relationship with each other. Um, As I said before, we really try and respect each other's communication preferences around Um, Two of us are external processors, one of um, the three of us is an internal processor, so how can we make space for everyone to be heard in a conversation where two of us are just kind of going off really fast, whatever's coming to mind. Um, In terms of collaboration, it's actually strangely applicable to this friendship. Because we get together only once a year, we're often doing a lot of things when we are together. And so making sure that we are choosing activities that we all want to be a part of, foregoing activities that we, that maybe one of us just doesn't want to do, and we just respect that we're not going to do that because all three of us aren't on board with it. Um, and then sometimes we do do something that one person isn't a super huge fan of because the other two are really passionate about it. and we have those conversations to avoid conflict. Um, mm, that's and then.
0: Good. That's yeah, very healthy.
1: you know. I think that I, I'm i right, very proud of us that we're able to have all earlier. these conversations. Yeah, I,
0: I think yeah. it's good. Well, and what, what I like about that, and not to interrupt you, we'll get we'll get back to your thought, but I think that what you're explaining or expanding upon is, um, well, let me back up. Well, sometimes what we see when we're doing these topics or, or presenting these topics with uh, like like business teams, we'll just kind of, umbrella for anything that's not like a friendship team like you're talking about is the unwillingness for people to compromise maybe that's a fifth c in there is that they say like well this is how i like to communicate this is how i choose to engage or not engage in conflict this is how i want to work together this is you know i love changing everything so let's change, change 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 all the time and they never take the time to stop and think about like well how do you like to do this And instead, it's just like, well, you prefer this way. And so it's wrong because it's not my way to do it. And so I think sometimes, well, so first of all, I commend you for being open and and willing to kind of do that in in this friendship. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you could say that there's not that much on the line. On the other hand, you could say there's a lot on the line because those, you know, personal relationships are important and valuable. But there's not like, you know, I don't know the The outcome of the business is not on the line, so you perhaps can do that more. But I would also argue that, and I would challenge any, any folks listening to this who are on a team, in a business, in a setting like that, that you need to be willing to work on these things. You need to be willing to open yourself up to say, how do other people think? How do other people operate? What is their preferred mode of engaging in these different areas? Because everything's on the line. So... Um, I don't remember the rest of my point that I was going to make, but I will hand it off to you, Steph, in hopes that you can pick that up and yeah, say well, something about it.
1: <laughs> well, I was actually just reflecting on how you had said um, maybe there's not as much on the line. And I think that there's definitely this piece of you want job security and you want to make sure that you have a paycheck. And so that feels really heavy when you're having these conversations, if there are things that are expected of you in a workplace. Um, but man, these are some of the most cherished friendships in my life. And so right. I yeah. feel like when we have hard conversations, it does feel like there's a lot on the line. And that's actually especially because of that fourth C, um, change. A lot has changed in all of our lives since we met each other. And we met each other in a different Country in a very unique context, and we didn't know each other's home contexts. We just knew each other in this one space, and so being able to navigate the various changes that our friendship has gone through, that we've gone through as individuals, and still being able to maintain that level of knowledge and trust, um, it it's taken a lot of really intentional work, and it has felt at times like there's a lot on the line, and so um, even in making that that comparison and that bridge to um, having these conversations with teams like your family or friends or volunteer teams or things like work teams, I think that understanding them in a personal context with friends um, can make it a little bit more applicable to that work context. Because if you have a safe example of it, if you have an example of how it's showing up well in your life... I think it gives you a better perspective of what it can look like. And maybe it's just because I have competition, so I want to compare. (laughs) But it can give you a better perspective of what it would look like in a workplace setting.
0: Yeah. No, I really love that because it's almost like you have to take um, personal ownership over anything before you can apply it externally. Um, My son has just started first grade, and we're talking about some of those similar concepts about uh, I don't I don't know, there's all, all kinds of stuff you're learning as a first grader, but how do you how do you make that personal connection first in whatever whatever space, whatever context you can to then apply it out externally? It's like you can't expect someone to do something in this context over here if they haven't internalized it and made sense of it on their own. So maybe more of us need to practice some of these very hard, very difficult, very challenging, very stretching and growing, Conversations, these topics, knowledge, purpose, trust, change, collaboration, communication, and conflict, in environments that are perhaps I don't know a little scarier or a little more personal or I don't know something like that. If we really want to enact change in in a in a bigger, um, broader space, so um, it's interesting. This conversation is interesting to me, Steph, for so many reasons because um, someone I read recently that said something to the effect of. Uh, kind of how you do anything is how you do everything. So meaning if you are really uh, short and impatient with a barista making your coffee, that's probably how you're going to be with your colleagues and, and your family. And so how do you practice sort of the disciplines of the type of person you want to be in in all contexts of life, right? Mm-hmm. So how we practice the ideas behind strengths, the philosophy, the concepts of you know, whatever your five themes are and knowing those and the talents and all of the stuff we've talked about on here before in the context of these larger, we'll call them principles of knowledge, purpose, trust and the four C's. I think how we are able to practice that in any environment in our life, be that with the barista, to pick on the baristas again, with our family, with our work setting, I think that's that's all that all helps us become more of the type of people we want to become. Does this make sense? I, I feel like we're going a little bit different direction than we started, but it's some of these ideas are starting to click for me. And does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I love it. I'm actually immediately reminded of again our last podcast about books yes. that we're reading, and that leadership book that I'm reading for a class that I'm in oh, yeah. um, talks about the ideas of consciousness of self and congruence and commitment. And those congruence, are, yes, that's
0: that's the word. That's a good one. Yeah, word.
1: those are the Cs that are they use the word C's also. Those are the C's that are in that individual bubble of leadership change um, yeah. or leadership development for social change. And it that's exactly what you're talking about, Nathan. It's understanding yourself enough, that consciousness of self, but then living congruently so that you are living out the things that you believe about yourself and that you're doing that in all different settings. Right. So that you're not just congruent with your friends and family, but you're being congruent at work and then you're committing to being congruent which is contingent on having a consciousness of self
0: yes steph i love all the c words that we have going on so this many episode. c's so many <laughs> c words um well steph thank you so much do you have any other final thoughts on this or i feel like we've given people so many like i don't know think about this, think about this, think about this. I don't, I don't have like a final like, hey, so at home, try this. Um, but any final thoughts, anything else that you would like to leave, leave everyone with?
1: You know, I would almost want to throw it to the listener and ask if they have any examples of ways that they have seen things like the four C's or knowledge, purpose, trust, or any other application of strengths that we've talked about in this podcast. How have they seen that show up, not just in their work life, but also in their personal life?
0: Okay, listeners, so now it's up to you. Tell us how you have seen your strengths or any of the concepts related to our team engagement series show up in the different contexts of your life. What do they look like at home, at work, at school, at play? Be like Steph, you'll have an epiphany and realize the topics we discussed on this podcast can be applied in all different areas of life. Not just the workplace and not only with people who know the language of strengths. As always, we'd love to hear how that reflection goes. So leave us a comment in the blog post, on social media, or send us an email to connect at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. And also, if you feel up to sharing your story on the podcast here, reach out. We would love to start a conversation about what that might look like. I've actually just finished recording a podcast with somebody, Zach. Thank you for doing that. And I'm really excited for all of you to listen and hear more of what he is doing with strengths. Watch for that in the next couple of weeks or so. We're actually attempting to capitalize on the collective experience of all of our listeners to broaden all of our understanding of the way that we create strength in the multitude of contexts and environments in which we exist. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. And if you found value from this episode or any of your content, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and a whole bunch of others. But more importantly, please share the podcast and any of those resources with anyone you think could benefit from going deeper into our strengths-based approach to individual, team, and organizational development. I'm Nathan Freeberg.
1: And I'm Steph Walland.
0: And on behalf of our entire team, thanks thanks for for listening.
1: listening.